Welcome to the CSRG Podcast. My name is Keanu. And I'm Chris. And today we've got a special guest, Chris Tilly Tilly. What's up, guys? It's really exciting. Um, so we're actually out in his range right now. So we just finished shooting Go Shoot um, for the, it's April now, right? Is April. April. Yep, almost May. Yeah, it was. Uh, it feels like May. It's a good match. So we're outside. It's You'll nice. probably hear some wind, some birds chirping, uh, people talking in the background. So. Guns shooting. Every once in a while. Some bad-ass eagle screeching earlier before yeah. the match started for real. It was awesome. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. But yeah, so uh, we're actually here today to talk to Chris Tilly about uh, match strategy. So specifically major match strategy. Well, so there's uh, that's so vague. Um, yeah, I'm going to let you break it down for me as far as what you want to hear because you've thought about this more than I have already. Um, I'll... I, I'll tell you my biggest thing when I'm getting ready to prepare for a main match. It's it's time that I put in behind the gun, feel and recoil, live fire. Uh-huh. Um, you know, obviously I'm trying to train and get better all year long. I'm never really taking a break. There might be sometimes I'm I'm live firing less and maybe working on you know trying to get better equipment or learn how I can make my equipment that I have better or whatever it may be. Um, and trying trying to always progress. But what what is a good question that you'd have for me as far as how I would prepare? Let's say, let's say like for the uh, the U.S. PSA Nationals. What what would you like to ask? So I guess uh, my main question actually is, you know, when you're actually shoot at there about to break down a stage, um, at least for me when I shoot locals, I approach things a little bit differently. I want to work on certain things. Um, maybe being a little bit more, uh, I guess, open or forward to trying different stage plans. You know, right. taking bigger risks. Um, you know, and I guess with major match strategy, everybody says it's got to be consistency. You've got to be consistent with your points. I mean, do you kind of approach it that way? Or are you more conservative about your stage plans and how you're shooting? Well, or? I don't want it to sound like a cliche as far as saying it's got to be, you know, consistent. you got to do good and you got to make no mistakes. But that should be period. In, in, in the local match, your practice, you're, you're trying to learn how to shoot as fast and as accurate as you can while making no mistakes. And obviously that's a dull moment there, but it's it's something that you've got to you've got to be put in that situation enough and under pressure to really know what that means. It's it's not just talking about it. Um, so essentially, I'll, I'll don't get me wrong. I'll try things in a local match, um, even if I bomb them. I, I'm not shooting a local match to win the local match. I like to win the local match, and I want to win every match I compete in. But what I might do at a local match is put myself in a spot like if I have to shoot this stage you know, 10 points from uh, who's ever leading me to win the match, and I've got to actually somehow squeeze 10 points out of this one stage, the last stage of the match, to win it. Or I also might treat the same stage like I have 10 points on somebody. It's a low hit factor. All I've got to do is shoot good points and not do anything stupid, and I win the match. So I'll, I'll play those scenarios all year long with my own matches and when I travel to not just local matches, but even uh, section matches, matches that I feel that I can actually play around with and I'm safe on meeting my goal, whether it's winning or being, you know, on the podium or a certain percentage, whatever it may be, um, with any division. But, you know, I, I think the biggest understanding is what you know that you can do with the training that you've put in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, I, I really think a stage breakdown to, to make it, like you said, being consistent, really starts with your training. Not just, you know, dry fire, but mainly live fire. Really subconsciously knowing what you can do in that moment and with that particular prop uh shot um and performance uh you should know that you you should have had enough time in the gun that you know by looking at the stage you know what your transition times should be your split should be and what your competitors are and where you need to be and you should have the confidence or not have the confidence and and 
meeting your goal or not, if that's good enough. And I, so it starts a new training. Gotcha. Yeah. So again, it sounds like, you know, playing to your strengths uh, and not really, I guess not really deviating out of it, but, you know, just making sure that you're consistent about it. Um, and you're not really going for things that you may not be comfortable with well, that you've been training. Well, you had a tidbit in there that's pretty interesting. You said play to your strengths. Uh, you absolutely, play. you know, you might be some matches you go to and the whole match really plays to your strengths. And I tell you what, you can go to matches and man, they're not, they're not hitting on any of your strengths at all. And, you know, yeah. it's the match isn't for you. Just like, you know, race car drivers and certain guys have really good, you know, uh, finishes at, at certain tracks because it, it fits their style. And and other other drivers have better performances at other tracks because it fits their style. And same thing with shooting. It's it's not – it's there's no difference there. Um, so you got to jump on somebody when you get to a stage and, and exploit your strength. And also when you come to something that you know you're you're weak on and or, or maybe it's not that you're always weak on, but lately, you know, lately in – Dry fire, I would even say possibly, but mainly live fire, you know that you're not doing something. That's when you pull back. You actually let off the throttle. You you want to not give points, but you want to make sure that you it, it, possibly you give as little as points as possible. You, you're actually pulling back to make less mistake just to survive the, the, the stage, to make it to where you can capitalize on a strength of a stage. Gotcha. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's a good point that you hit on earlier. So then, like, when you when you shoot uh, shoot a major match, you mm. definitely don't have moments where you finish the stage and you think, "I couldn't do that again," right? Because I know at, at local matches I've done that before. I know a lot of shooters have done that before, and I know I I've shot a match with you and you've said that before too. Um, so like you, you don't have those moments at major matches generally. Like you could you could shoot the stage over and over again within like a second of it. You know it, it, it's kind of funny. I I I put it in as the you know like the crowd effect that you know I think that. Um, big sports get um, when they, you know, the grandstands are screaming and yelling and chanting for their home team, and you get that almost like, you know, in hockey they call it the seventh uh, seventh man. Uh, you know, it's it, there's something there when, when all of a sudden every, everything's clicking and people are watching you and, you know, they know what it means and you can almost feel the tension between the competitors at the end of a, a stage and like at the World Shoot's where you really see that. Even in the Nationals, but World Shoot, is, is, it's a whole squad thing. There's something there that um, I love that. I, I feed on that. If I, I actually get a, a positive energy off of that, and I think it's just an outlook that, that, uh, that you get off of that because it can be negative. But that really can create something special that you couldn't replicate unless you were in that situation. Again, like in a local match, you're never going to get that. No one cares how well you do on that stage. I mean, other than maybe the other 15 people in the squad. But you're not going to have, you know, like 300 people like Jamaica – just the Jamaica Invitational. I mean, we go and one of the last stages they set up uh, set us up on is a mostly still um, stage. It's very nice for the uh, for spectators. And you're on deck. You and you walk through. The last time you turn around, you walk back to the start, and you know you see all these people and you hear the music. And there's something special that you get. This you, you're tired. It's you know it's so hot there. It's so humid there. You can barely breathe because it's like breathing water. And you see these people like, oh hell yeah! It's it's time to it's time to party. We're gonna we're gonna you know, crush this thing. And, you know, uh, it, if you had the right mindset, that's what happens. And I, so to answer your question, I think at a major match under the right circumstance, it's hard to actually create it. But under the right circumstance, I think you can do stuff that are uh, that spectacular performances that you can't duplicate in regular practicing. I, I, I'm a hard person to act on that, uh, to ask that question to, because I act differently in, in a match as far as how I respond to shooting. I, I tend to shoot better in matches than I do in practice. I think most people do the reverse of that. They, sh Under pressure, 
they actually do worse or they pull back to not do worse. They're afraid of doing bad. And in practice, when it doesn't mean anything, they actually shoot better. They're out of their comfort zone uh, of, of they, they, their comfort zone is not failing. And in practice, you can't really fail. There's no one there to watch you. And uh, I, I think that, that tends to be what happens, in my opinion. Yeah, that's probably my problem, actually, is uh, at major matches, I usually end up going a little bit more conservative. So, you know, I'm, I'm tracking the dot just a little bit more than I usually would when I'm practicing. Um, and then usually that just means slower splits, you know, slower transitions. Um, but I guess for tips on that, like, you know, to kind of get over that mental block of wanting to stay within that, I guess, not yeah. even your comfort zone, but, you know, getting, it is not shooting zone. at your potential. Yeah. It, well, it, let me tell you, it's what you're asking there is not what you, the answer to that, in my opinion, um, is not what you want to hear. It's you got to put more time behind the gun. You're not there's no magic pill. Well, there might be a magic pill. I don't yeah. know. Maybe, maybe. I mean, and this is pretty, something pretty interesting. I know they test a lot in a lot of the uh, international tournaments, but you know, a lot of people actually do stuff where they they take pills to to calm their anxiety and stuff like that. But for the most part, your shooting should be on a, such a subconscious level that the most mental challenging stage out there, you need to rely on the conscious mindset to only think about the stage and your shooting to take care of itself by actually how you're. Uh, training is done. Mm -hmm. uh, the more you shoot, you get that confidence. Like, um, and uh, to me, it's ludicrous to hear how people, because a bigger match means so much to them, they actually shoot. Uh, they slow down and and make a worse performance to not make a mistake. They're more worried about making a mistake than shooting like they know they can. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a horrible mindset to have and a, and a bad bad. Um, you know, it, it's it's a way to actually get caught in a trap that most people do. That's that's the majority of people get caught in that trap of not wanting to mess up. When you, when you actually think about it, the main guys, where the reputation of making money is on the line, you'd think it, it would be for them to, to shoot that way, when in fact they put more out there. They actually let it hang loose more, but what they have is the confidence behind the gun of shooting more rounds, and they can do things more in the subconscious because they've done so much of it. Yeah, no, I'd say that, you know, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, that sounds like it makes sense, yeah. So um, would you say that's like a... Um, at matches, that would be like a big enough defining difference just to see how much, you know, it, whether people are shooting at the potential or not. Like, you know, the for sure the match winner would shoot 100%, and then the guy in second place would shoot 95%. You think that 5% could very well come from? 5% is you know, pretty big. I think... Um, or like 2%. Two, 2 yeah, I mean, it, 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 on something that's going to be, let's say, a 2,000, 2,500 point, yeah, I mean, I think uh, on that 2% that there... Um, you know, it, it, I, for me, when I'm really on it and I'm really uh, really attacking practice hard and, and really feeling it and really doing my job, you know, I versus where I do, like, my cruise, I, I kind of have, like, three modes, not doing anything mode, the lazy mode, the cruising mode, and then where I'm really on it, where I'm trying to stay hot. And, you know, you can't stay there very long, or I can't. I haven't found a way um, with just uh, my day-to-day -day living and, and, and work and such like that. Um, that actually puts, uh, you know, bread on the table and such. But um, hopefully I'll get there one day. I can stay there longer. But it, for me, it's about a 30-day program of, of shooting every day and working on specific things I know I need to work on. And those are always changing. Um, but, you know, at, at any given moment, I would put there's about 20 people that I know, and I'm sure there's a lot more than this, that if they did the same thing, they could – any 20 of those people could win overall. And out of if all 20 of those were – having a good match and did that same work ethic, all 20 of those people would probably be within 2%, which is amazing. You never see that because it's asking so much uh, time, 
commitment because we're not getting paid enough truly to put things on hold um, like family as much and work to make actually real money to live as much you don't you, you you tend to see one two maybe three in North America on the world stage you might see five guys I mean the U.S. we're pretty lucky we have a lot of good shooters um, that, that are able to do it but you don't you don't see hundreds of people like you would in tennis or or some of these other sports that are similar just because you know at the end of the day we still got to we still got to put you know food on the table and, and and make money and even if you're doing it in the firearm industry, a lot of times it's not you getting better and you learning to shoot better and going over your program. It's doing that for somebody else that's going to pay you to do that for them. So that's that's a hard question. You know, I think right now there's a big youth thing um, that's uh, kind of taken over that's never been seen before. You know, we've we've had guys out there, you know, like uh, uh, Casey Osubio that's you know been doing it at a very high level at a very young age, but. You're starting to see younger guys that have uh, more of an athleticism, uh, athleticism, athleticism than uh, than we've ever had before, and it's starting to be more consistent at that top end. Um, you know, the older guys are getting flushed out, and the newer guys are coming in. And you know, that mid—I'd put myself in that mid mid age, mid mid range guy. You know, at uh, 33, and you know that that should be old. I should be getting pushed out already. When in fact, well, if it were a pro sport, yeah, it, you'd be on. Yeah, there. well, it's but that's that's my goal. Eventually, mm-hmm. I want to see this. You know, I want to I want to help the sport get there to be a pro sport. You know, it's I know how much time and money my family sacrificed and myself sacrificed on this. It it is a pro sport, whether we want to admit it or not. It is. However, the benefits aren't there for a pro sport. Yeah, it's, there's just like no big sponsors. Ex- exactly. Um, like you know, Nike's not sponsoring pro shooters you know with contracts right we don't get the viewership you know we got to get we got to get people listening watching and and uh you know we got to get guys that don't care anything more about going that weekend and shooting a match interested in watching people shoot that match and is it available to 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 be done i think so i mean we're able to get golf like that and that's horrible (laughs) and i like golf and i i don't even mind watching golf but the the way that they do it and such like that you know they golf's been around for if we've been around what golf's what is it, 200 years old, 300 years old, older like than that? that? Yeah. Well, we've been shooting each other for the last, what, <laughs> 400 years. But I yeah. guess that wasn't commercialized. Oh, I guess it's still not commercialized, maybe in Hollywood. Well, but... I, no, shooting each other makes a lot yeah, more I, money. I, yeah. I think that makes a lot more money, and it's yeah. still a bigger industry than practical shooting. Oh, yeah, but, yeah, no, but... it's probably bigger in golf. <laughs> yeah. yeah, probably. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's an interesting, interesting thought, though, you know, the fact that it can't be everything that you do in terms of a living, you know, that's a mental block for a lot of the high-level shooters. It um, is. It, it really, well, for me, I'm kind of, I've been working for about 10 years on trying to get financially where I can start training myself and staying on the range, not just practicing and going to matches only, but, you know, I still got to make other money and there's definitely not enough there, but I want to be, I know where I can be at. I, I've been there before. Um, I want to get in into the gym every day. I want to get to the range every day. I want to eat right every day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. To do it is expensive. It's time-consuming. You can't have a job and do it. You can't train people and do it. So you got to figure out a way of, of being self-supporting to make that happen. For me, it's taken 10 years and just an, an unbelievable family support to do it. Um, and I'm still not there. I'm trying to get there. I'm getting closer and closer, you know, every day is the goal. But eventually before, um, you know, 60 years old, hopefully, I can actually get there and see what my true performance uh, is possible of being. So that's that's my goal for the, a lot of these youngsters that already have the talent. They just need to have the time behind the gun to do it consistently and make these you know old guys like me at 33 not able to win matches anymore. Because honestly, am I? I feel very lucky to win any match at my age because I know 
I know what some of these young guys can do. Um, they, they just don't have the money and uh, to put behind. They have the time, but they don't have the money to go out on the range and put the time behind the gun like they need to. Yeah, it makes sense, you know, especially for, you know, the kids, you know, 17, getting ready to go to college, right? Then they're really met with the crossroads. You know, is it is it school? Is it shooting? Is it something else? Well, I mean, there, there's some of these guys that, that are even fighting through that. Christian Saylor, he's on the Kai team, lives uh, west coast out, out there. If you don't know who he is, you need to find out who he is. He's uh, an amazing shooter. He's uh, a monster good guy. shooter. He's a yeah. monster. <laughs> Everyone's like, well, who is this guy? He came out of nowhere. No, he's been working hard at it for a while. He, he's, he's been an amazing athlete his whole life. And, you know, so being competing at a high level and being an athlete is nothing new to him. Um, shooting, yeah, it's new as far as I think he's been shooting for five or six years. Yeah, and Maybe, not long. Not, not long. Don't, five or six years isn't long. Don't get me wrong. Um, but he's eight, 18. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, put that in perspective as well. When you're that young, you learn a lot quicker. You have a lot more time for things. Um, no excuses. I'm just telling him what reality is and what, what my brain thinks about him. Yeah, this, he, has, he has the time. He has the time. He's yeah. got the will to do it. He's got the athleticism to do it. He's got the backing to do it. Um, so do you think him coming from an athletic background definitely helps him at a match? I, I think. Like, phys- besides, you know, physical traits. I think if you look at the top guys right now, I'm very lucky to be as high as I am with my athletic ability as far as because I, I, I really, you know, up until recently – um, I have not. I, I've had injuries from, from playing sports because I didn't work out. I, I'm just now in my 30s because I didn't take advantage of that as much as I should, starting to see what not working out does to you. And um, I think, to answer your question, it's absolutely huge. I think that's – at any stage, any age, any and, and any level you're at, I think that's huge for our sport. If you want to get better, that's if that's not in your training program daily, you're, you're missing out. Absolutely. So do you think J.J.'s, like, you know, beautiful sculpted body is part of why he was able to do so well this year at Nationals or last year? No, not at all, because he's, he's always had an amazing sculpted body. Oh, However, nice. Uh, <laughs> nice. Nice. However, um, his mindset changed. He's more relaxed. He, he, he's met, met some goals financially and life goals that allowed him to uh, be at peace with certain things and, uh, you know, shoot like J.J. shoots. Um, could someone beat J.J.? Absolutely. But the reason no one beat J.J. is no one else put themselves in that situation to do it. What he did was amazing. I think that it was way – I can't believe USPSA did not make more of a stink about what he did. It was absolutely – It was wild. It was like, what, second in production? Second in production. One, one limited, limited and open. one open. Up until then, I've been the only person, in, I think, in 15 years, have been top three in open and limited. And he wins both of them yeah. in the same freaking week. Yeah. And it's like, yay, good job, mm-hmm. Filipino. JJ, woohoo! And that, that was, was definitely it. a big deal because, like, the toll it takes, you know, shooting it, it was, back to back to back to back. Oh to back. yeah, the physical toll. The, yeah. The, you know, I, physical toll was big. The mental toll, in my opinion, was ten times bigger. Uh, oh yeah. To switch to to switch back and forth, uh, and you know he he's going through changes with his equipment and such. That was what he overcame. People don't understand, and I understand. Ninety nine percent of people won't understand. I know what he took, what it took to to get the results that he did. Um, not because I've done what he did, just because I've tried to do it. Uh, I've been close, and, I, and I've reached for it, and I know where, where, you're, where you have to push yourself. That's amazing. The sacrifice was amazing. Um, I just wish it was – that was a big deal in our sport. Not, yeah. not just for J.J., but our sport to have someone do that. That's um, – the only other person that that's close to would be somebody like uh, Eric Grafell, the, the kind of work ethic that he put in to do that. And, uh, you know, I, I don't have enough good things to say about it. Did his – did his athleticism do it all? No. Did his athleticism as working out actually attribute to it? Abs- that's it, That's the thing. It, after a while, if you do it every day, it becomes a lifestyle. It becomes, it's brushing your teeth. It's part of the program. It's not just, I, 
I'm going to the gym, I work out, I'm getting lighter, I'm getting stronger, I'm getting faster, I'm looking better. It's it, 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 it's a whole mold from, it's it's a foundational base is how I see it. And he's always had it. So for a lot of a lot of the guys, he's a step above a lot of guys because he's already had that foundation. So the shooting's the easy part. It's the it's the learning about how to react and, and deal with yourself. That's the hard part. And he he had that already too. He's had enough experience to do it. You know, he's been around forever. You know, he this is my 24th year in September. You know, I think he's been doing it for 24, 25 years as well. I mean, God, I think about that for myself. And man, I should be a lot better than what I am. But again, because it's not a professional sport. Why am I going to go spend a couple hundred thousand dollars a year and work out just to be poor? You know, just mm-hmm. to ask my parents for money and be that person that lives in their basement, you know? I don't want to be that person either. So it, it's a hard thing. It's, it, and I think that's, that's what we got to change with our sport. we got to make it where there are sponsors so somebody in their 20s, early 20s, late teens can actually come in here and make a living doing it, help sponsors to sell product because they're awesome as far as how they act and how, how well they perform. But yet we shouldn't have to wait until you're in your mid or, or, or late 30s to actually – have enough financial backing on your own to support yourself um, to make a run at it like that. And yet that's where we are still. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that's something that, you know, Keanu and I are, we've been scheming up ways on how to possibly get to that point. Um, but, but interestingly enough, you know, with JJ, you know, we're talking about the mental game for major matches, you know, for high-level competitors. Um, the fact that, he, you know, you guys were shooting three, was it three or two divisions for most of the guys shooting at Nationals last year? I mean, how does that affect? I don't you know, think there was there, there wasn't really, and that really surprised me. You know, um, I, I was kind of in, in a weird spot there, and I, I was going to shoot three because I really didn't have anybody um, to to ride with as far as the support. So I was kind of, worst case scenario, I just support whatever I had of myself. But trying some different divisions and, and being in that spot, I was like, I'm definitely, I'm going to shoot all all three divisions. But I think there was only like eighty or. 90 people that shot all three divisions, which is pretty, I, I think, sad, honestly. I, I, I thought it would have been bigger. Um, most people really put one division in hard, and then they might shot a second division. Not many people shot all three. But um, that that's that's hardcore. That's that's a lot of work. That's a that's a lot of money and time to spend in that. Yeah, yeah. and, like, the, the, the mental and, like, I don't think a lot of people would have the mental or physical stamina to do that. Well, well, maybe I mean, maybe physical, but you know, not necessarily mental. Yeah, f- physically, you know, it physically shooting um, the match wasn't hard. It, it's probably harder just standing around and pacing than actually shooting the yeah, shooting. Always is. Yeah. Always. <laughs> but um, the, the the mental side of staying sharp and caring for every stage, for every division, for every match that that was the hard part, and that's most people don't have the dis- discipline for it. Well, most people can't do it over the span of a single major. Like they, in most a people day. can't do it over an span of an hour of practice by themselves with no one watching. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. To be honest with you, even like a match today, you know, it was eight stages or nine stages, and um, you know, you could tell by it's the end, by the end of it, you know, people people losing. People focus. don't care anymore. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. I got to get a beer and go home. Bye. Yeah. Well, I mean, the beer is pretty important. So. <laughs> well, yeah. That's why you start off early. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so we were here at eight o'clock, ready to shoot. Yeah. You know, and the but the weather was beautiful today. Like we couldn't yeah. have asked for a better day to shoot. It was um, pretty amazing. Still is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is why we're doing it outside today. Mm. It's great. Yeah. Um, but you know, so sorry, I'm gonna go back to the division portion. You know, yeah. you were shooting production quite a bit last year as well. Yeah. Um, when you were at you know when you're at a major shooting production or open, um, does the way that you think about your shooting change? Not um, at all. Hit factors change, so you know I have a lot more lower hit factors to deal with, um, and uh, a lot less moving and shooting, a lot a lot less um, options typically with uh, with production. 
Um, so honestly, I found that production made things made life easier in a way, because aiming's easier than pushing hard. You know, um, one option versus five options is easier. So and that's kind of what production put pushed me into. That's one of the things I kind of liked about production in one way. I could almost turn my brain off uh, easier and and kind of just go through the motions and. Uh, I, I had a hard time in production getting used to the equipment. I, I didn't load for it because I was a dumb dumb, and again, I was going through some uh, life changes there and, and, and stuff with, uh, with who I was shooting for, and so I decided to shoot a division for a little while. I think three months or four months I shot it, and I really enjoyed it actually at the beginning, and then it just got boring. I, mm -hmm. I started missing my open gun, but uh, now in retrospect, looking back at it, I really, I'm really i glad I did it, and I'm going to do some more of it. I just don't know, uh, I don't know really what I got out of it as far as, as a challenge of shooting, I think limited, I get more out of the shooting than, than production. I got the iron sights in there and, and, and what I'm doing with my eyes and my focal point changing. Open, I get more out of the speed than production. You can shoot production faster than limited for sure, even with the points, but you don't you don't have the recoil that the limited, uh, you know, definitely test you on with your stance and your grip and grip pressure as well. So, you know, I, I think more than anything, it was the minor. Uh, that that was the biggest thing to me. It was the first time I ever shoot minor, and, and again, been doing this for the, that long, was was pretty cool to me, seeing what minor does and how rapidly it will make a medium or high hit factor to a medium or a medium to a low. And, and you're it, again, in a way, it makes things easier because it forces you to aim more because you cannot afford to give up three or four Charlies, yeah. you know, in a medium field course that's going to drop you down to a low, you know, hit factor that's going to, those three or four Charlies... I mean that that could that could cost you 10, 12 points real quick, um, and you you really can't afford to have that have that happen. Where in open, it's like three or four Charlies. That's I don't care at all. Like, why are you even talking to me about that? You yeah. bother me. <laughs> yeah, you that's, three or four Charlies is good for yeah, a yeah. That's really yeah. You mean good. three Deltas? Oh, Charlie. Yeah, that's fine. You yeah, know, that's that's the difference. Limited, you know, limited. The, the hit factor is a little lower, so those the Charlies hurt a little bit more. Don't get me wrong. Um, and that, that's really the game of playing is understanding the numbers. A lot of that's one big thing. If you you know, a lot of a lot of guys that shoot the sport are, are com, computer nerd, nerd guys, and uh, I would say it's the majority of the sport. You like numbers already. Get used to understanding the numbers. If you understand the numbers, this can be a lot easier to learn to get better at. We have a local guy here, he understands the numbers and you know, he's a good shooter, but because he understands the numbers so well, it makes him a much, much better shooter. You know, I I would say and and understanding the game, that's worth well into the double digits of percentage-wise to be a better shooter. Understand, when I say low hit factor, a lot of people shoot every stage the same way. When I say low hit factor, you got to understand that means different than a high hit factor. So if I'm shooting a 3 hit factor, which I would consider low, and I shoot a 12 hit factor, I'd consider high, I'm shooting the stages completely different. Even if it's testing the same you know, technique or positions, whatever it may be, targets, I'm shooting completely different. My mindset's different, and I'm changing different, and that's what's awesome about our sport. And again, throwing that into the mix of what we were talking about into the training program, making sure you're sharp on all of that, making sure that you can compete at 100% of your ability on a low hit factor, medium hit factor, which majority of them are, you know, five to, I would say, eight is a medium mm -hmm. is where I put it in. And, you know, at those high hit factors, you need to be able to hose, you need to be able to go crazy and, and throw some speed on the table as well. Yeah, I think your match today he did a good job blending that. I, um, I tried, man. I really tried. The stage we're sitting in front of right now had a few close targets, and then next thing you know, you were shooting a open target at 25 yards uh, uh, there, immediately, pretty much. There were a lot more misses there than uh, than I think that should have been in the, in the match. But yeah, no, today was stage. just all about throttle control today. Um, 
today I definitely realized, you know, I'm slapping the trigger a lot more. I'm not getting good prep, um, and it hurts. And so, you know, it's one thing that I got to definitely put some put some effort in. But you you acknowledge it. That's I mean, that's that's some good growth right there. That's good. Yeah, and like I, some of the matches we shoot back at home, right? A lot of them is just like medium field courses. You know, yeah, doesn't go any further out than maybe 15, 20 yards. But you know, at major matches, we'll see it often. Even yeah, at South I, Carolina, I think, I think Chris gets more mics at my uh, at my tiny little indoor match than he does a lot of outdoor matches here or uh, up where we live. Yeah, it's just you know, it's it's a different mindset, and I feel like you know, Chris Chris Tilly here puts on a great match where it really tests that. Well, thanks, man. Um, yeah, actually, and, I just wanted to touch on so so you said you were talking about how. Um, depending on the stage, you're going to approach it differently. So, and mm. you were talking about numbers. Yeah. So when you look at a stage, can you kind of do in your head like what Todd Jarrett does and you can kind of figure out what you need to do on on the stage? Well, um, you know... Points-wise uh, and time-wise? Yeah, for sure. You, you look at how many positions uh, there's going to force you to shoot, how many points there are. That's where you start. How many points are there? Yeah. You know? How many rounds is this? How many points from the rounds? How many positions do I have? How much time do I think it's going to do it? Right? So that's... If it's a 160-point stage and I can do it and I roughly say... In four positions, each uh, each position I'm going to say is four seconds. That's going to be a ten hit factor stage. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's pretty easy. I'm breaking it down, not just like just coming up with something out of thin air. I really want to make sure that there's some factual information behind what I don't. I, I can make up a little bit. I can fudge a little bit. But for the most part, listen, I've been doing this long enough. Again, I should be a whole lot better than what I. I, I always. Uh, not picking, say I should probably be about 12 to 15 percent better than I am, and I really believe it. But being lazy and, and how things are, I'm not. But one thing I do know is how you know I understand what I can do, where it's at, and where it should be. And you know, very easily, I can be within I would say five percent of time wise of, of where it's going to be ideally. Um, you know, don't get me wrong, un- unexpected things can happen, and I, 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 usually, I usually estimate higher on the hit factor being an open shooter, and I would say that if I was shooting production more, I would probably estimate lower on the hit factor just because of that minor major scoring. So that would even have an effect on my mindset of that. But a lot of times, we already know in these major matches, and, and since that really is the topic, you know, even, even if it's just the ROs, I mean, you can look and see, you know, you probably have a pretty good idea who those guys are. You see them all the time. You probably have a pretty good idea of knowing low, medium, or high hit factor and how to approach that stage, especially if it's somebody that you compete with and, and how they shot it. And you're close to them, or you know you beat them by ten percent, or they beat you by ten percent. You 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 know what you, your approach needs to be on that stage. Yeah, so I'm I'm kind of curious. You know, you say that you know for a low hit factor stage you'll approach differently. So yep. can you kind of break that down for us? You know, you don't have to give us your your trade secrets. Oh, us, there's but, no you know. there's no trade secrets. It's in the numbers. Low hit factor stage. You got a three hit factor stage. That means three points, three Charlies for me, or you know Charlie and a half for a minor shooter is a second. So what does that mean? Points are more important. Times less important. Mm-hmm. You know, if I got a 12 hit factor stage, I shoot 12 points down, that's a second. If I'm a second slow, that's 12 points. So what does that mean? Time's more important. Charlies are less important. Gotcha. So, I mean, on a 12 hit factor stage, I can shoot four deltas. Four deltas is only worth a second. I mean, that's when you, you get these IDPA guys that don't understand what they're doing. It's like, oh, that, that's horrible. You're not aiming at all. You're yeah. shooting deltas. That's horrible. You know, and... Uh, but you can afford it, so I can afford it. What yep. you're, what, what they don't understand is their sport. Every shot is the same. So if I have a one-yard shot or a thirty-yard shot, it's it's testing me the same way as far as the time and the scoring of it. That's what's amazing about USPSA. I can make close, easy, big shots very important. Far tight shots less important. There's so many things that you can do as, as a stage designer or a match director to actually make 
a really hard or easy or fast pace, low hit factor, high hit factor. There's so many options. That's what's awesome about our sport is options. Yeah. And that's something that I've never thought about, you know, low hit factor being more about hits versus high hit factor being about time. Um, but it makes sense. It's in the math, right? How you determine For hit sure, factor. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I guess that's We just don't see that a lot here in USPSA. Yeah. Um, like even it's at a majors. Shame. Yeah. Yeah. So, you, you know, you tend to try to, to, to break it down. So if you use like the IPSC mode of things, you, you tend to try to get, they do the three, two, one. Yeah. So they, they, they tend to have essentially that. The speed shoots are the high hit factors, smaller points, which I like. Guys, you have a three second jam on a 12 hit factor stage. You just gave up 30 points. Oof. Okay. Yeah. That's huge. Now you give up a three second jam on a 12 hit factor stage, but it's only uh, 80 points. You, you, you gave up only like 18 points. So if you're going to have these higher hit factors that, that something like that is more important on, I like to see that on smaller points. The two yeah. medium field courses, they're typically medium. Uh, uh, and don't get me wrong, you can have a low hit factor speed shoot. Okay, speed, that shouldn't, it should be small course, medium course, large course of round count, not because of hit factor. They're not talking about hit factor when they say it's small, medium, or large. Yeah. So most large field courses in IPSC are low hit factor. They can go up to medium, but most of them are lower. And what I mean by that, what I consider lower is anything under five. So, I mean, you, you have to play that game more of a, as a mathematician as far as understanding, all right, it doesn't matter here. I know I can shoot it back here, but it's better actually get, make one more position out of it and get that target 100% of the time like I know I can versus maybe cutting off you know a half second or three-quarters of a second but having this extra wit, risk to it. it, it it just know, doesn't make it. A lot of people are guilty of that too, I think. Yeah. Um, like they go to a stage and they figure out like, you know, one portion where they can see the Charlie and the Delta and they end up taking that because it saves maybe half a second or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. So so you think like when you look at a field course um, that, that you think would be lower hit factor, it's not worth gaming in general? Well, I mean, don't get me wrong. You, you still have to put it in there. Could that game actually change it to a medium hit factor? Right, right. Right, that's what you're looking for. If it doesn't, then... Why would you shoot to Charlie when that might mean three quarters of a second when you could obviously make make some kind of you know even static uh, pause possibly as you roll through a position to shoot and engage it with actually possible of two alphas versus if you put yourself in a situation where you're not shooting two alpha on purpose it needs to be a high hit factor if it's not you're if it's not a high medium or a high hit factor. You, you have their own stage uh, stage plan, or you got out of position. One and this of those even two. applies to stuff like um, doing riskier things, like shooting on the move on a more difficult target. Absolutely, right. Yeah, it's it's got nothing to do with you. It's got to do with your approach and when when and where you shoot the target for yeah. sure. It's like South Carolina had that one stage of the long field course. Um, I don't think there was there were it was a pretty straightforward stage. There weren't a lot of opportunities to shoot on the mover, you know, too much because it's just testing you, shooting, you, yeah. you drop a lot, a lot of points, yeah. and it was you know it was like a four position stage. That was it. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Long long transitions and far shot. What's the average shot on there? Probably 20, 15, 20 yards. Fifteen to twenty yards. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it wasn't easy, and then you had to shoot a uh, a, a no shoot with uh, two targets on it. I think out to like twenty five. Yeah, it looked twenty eight like yards. yards. Yeah. They weren't close. Yeah, no. they really were not. <laughs> they were not at all. Um, but yeah. Ken, do you have any other questions? I guess, you know, things... We I'm good. Think. I can barely talk. Yeah. So, Ken is suffering from sinus allergies right now, um, but I think... It's actually pretty rough out here right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When we get when we got in the forest... Did yeah, you I, notice I, it in the there? Jungle oh, yeah, run? I felt yeah. it. I felt high in there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, Chris, thank you so much for taking the time. Um, yeah, man. My know, pleasure. Today was a great match. You know, it was a great nine, day of nine stages, and, um, you know... 
learned a lot for myself, you know. Did so. you shoot it clean? I did not. Did you have so. any deltas? I did. Well, I had a lot of mics too, but you know, that's that that's Don't worry story. about those guys. <laughs> yeah. Turn them into happy little alphas, right? That's right. Yeah. Uh, well, again, everybody, thanks for tuning in. Oh, looks like the shooting starting Some as well. Freedom seeds. Woo! Um, All right, guys, have a good one. I'm out. Yep. <laughs> All right, thanks, Chris. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, everybody, thanks for tuning in. Uh, this has been the CSR, uh, CSRG podcast.